Hello, friends. In this week's episode, I'm continuing our conversation around mindful time. If you haven't heard, I created a freebie entitled Mindful Time, teaching you how to plan on purpose and how to make more time for yourself without waking up at 5.30 a.m. It's live now and on the website for free at kdccoaching.com slash mindful time. It will also be linked in this week's show notes to make it that much easier for you. I'm so proud of this workbook because knowing how I spent my time really helped me build more kindness in my life. And most importantly, it helped me build kindness for myself. And this knowledge spilled over to my professional life. And I am just so jazzed to share these techniques with you. At the end of this month, which is January, I'm going to lead another journal jam session. And we're going to actually use part of this workbook to plan on purpose and plan a 60-day goal. So get excited. You can sign up now. Again, all of the info will be linked in the show notes for you. So today, I want to talk about multitasking, how we use it, and why it can be more detrimental to our time than we mean it to be. Ready? Welcome to Emotional Investigations. Your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to join me as we unravel the mystery behind our emotions. Since our feelings last longer than our memories, we will investigate our feelings and search for the clues that they leave behind. I'm here to help you solve what is really going on in our heads, our hearts, and our bodies, and how it all affects our relationships. Every week, I will give you tools and your next steps to get an ish done. I'm KDC, your host, a mindful relationship coach, and your guide to help you find the light around every dark corner and to encourage you to dig a little deeper. Let's find out which feelings we tend to ignore and which ones we rely on the most. As a true crime junkie, I'm not scared of a little mystery. And since you're here, I have a feeling that you are down for the same. So welcome. Alfred says hello. Grab your favorite treat, a mug drink, and your notebook. As always, go grab a copy of today's field notes over on kdccoaching.com slash eipod. Let's get it started, Ace. I'm glad you're here and ready for some emotional investigations. So, friends, I want to know, what's your relationship like with multitasking? Leave me a comment. Send me a DM. I want to start off this episode by reminding you, as always, that yes, there are times where habits like this one can come in handy, but at the same time, the habits that helped us to survive will no longer serve us when it's time to thrive. I just keep coming back to that quote because it has really changed how I look at kind habits for myself. And multitasking is the one we're going to talk about today. So even right now, you may be multitasking as you listen to me. For me, I love to pop in a podcast as I'm doing housework, usually when I'm driving. I usually have on music or something while I write or work. And man, even as a parent, 
especially as a parent, as a teacher, caregiver, multitasking is essential when we are with them because we're working, we're connecting, we're monitoring safety for multiple children, right? Like multitasking, again, can be helpful. So when using multitasking in a kind way, sure, I am all for it. But when it comes to one of our biggest time wasters, that's right, friends, it's multitasking. When we aren't mindful of our time, multitasking becomes more of a distraction rather than a skill. I used to believe that it was an asset to productivity and to getting it all done meant that I had to multitask. But when I started tracking my time, I found that I was wasting so much more time by jumping from task to task, to notification, to email, to task, to conversation, (laughs) to everything else on my to-do list, I found that it was still packed. My energy was being pulled in every direction and I couldn't really buckle down and focus. And I feel like this is often where and how burnout starts. I remember as a teenager sitting in an interview for a retail job and they asked me, what is one of your biggest strengths? And with a huge smile, I can even remember how I was feeling. And I remember saying it with a huge smile that I am great at multitasking. Like I can fold a shirt while talking to a customer and then greet other customers as they're walking in and out. Like most of us, multitasking can make us feel super human. We are able to work on several things at once. It just makes us feel productive, right? But if you're trying to make more time. There's just no space for double, triple, quadruple duty. (laughs) A lot of research has shown that productivity can drop up to 40% when we are caught up in the survival habit. So I want you to think of your cellular device. How many different types of notifications do you currently have in operation? And how many times do you reach for your phone while doing a task just to check out the incoming notification? Even during something important that needs your full attention, how often is it pulled away because of a ding? This week's mission is to look at your notifications and decide which ones do you really need? Is it necessary to have notifications on for every single like? Is it necessary to have every notification on for every single app? Mm, Spoiler spoiler answers, no. One of the activities in the Mindful Time Guidebook is taking notice of your last 24 hours. You're supposed to list out all of the things you did and how much time you spent on them including time on your phone. And most phones these days even have a handy tracking app. So if you want to take the mission even further, because you're a cold turkey kind of person, and you can even set up time limits in specific apps on your phone. So then your phone is cutting you off. So if you don't know how to do that, ask Google. Um, 
when I realized again, how much time I was spending jumping between tasks and just looking at my phone because it dinged at me, I was, it felt crazy. There was like hours upon hours that I was tracking. I'm sure you have heard about the app research and how they make apps addictive on purpose. And as someone with addictive personality, it was easy for me to notice this habit that I was relying on multitasking more than I should be. But it took a lot longer for me to to decide to turn most of my notifications off. So right now, the notifications I currently keep on, and this is for my personal phone, are emails from VIPs. So there's only a certain amount of people. So like not Groupon, that shit's not coming through. I only put notifications like that to come in once a day. So only VIP emails are coming through. My text messages are on. My Voxer is on, which is what I like to use to talk with clients. Um, But I only check that during business hours. And then I have my weather notifications on because we do a lot of things outside. So if it's going to rain or snow, I want to know. And then I have notifications on from Headspace because they're mindful reminders that I'll get throughout my day. And then, of course, if someone calls, that's going to come through. But that's it. Those are the only notifications that I have on. So for me, that's only six types of notifications that are coming through. I'm not saying you should use that as your measurable, but just for comparison, that's what I have going on. So again, this week's mission, check your notifications. Figure out what you can lose. Which ones do you feel like you need to check all of the time? Maybe ask yourself why. I'm not telling you to never go on social media and to not be available because that's not the type of life I'm trying to live right now. Uh, Sometimes, obviously, yes. (laughs) But in this case, I'm just trying to help you become more mindful with your time. And it helps when we can curb the distractions that lead into multitasking. So I legit, in my schedule for my day, will plan when I'm going to be on social. And then that's when I check things. And okay, sure, I might miss something, but I'll see it when I'm in there next. It's okay. Being mindful with our time means planning on purpose. It means being decisive with our time because we have made the plan. Friends, this is how we create more time. By allowing our brain to focus on one task at a time, we allow it to focus and then use its full power, our full energy into that one task. Studies and research show that there's a lot of energy and time that goes into switching our brains over from one task to another. They're showing that it takes so much more energy to switch from one task to another, to come back, then to do another one, and then to come back, and just to jump back and forth between many is not productive as much as we thought it was in the past. So say you're on your computer and you're writing an email. Say it's an email of appreciation to someone that you're working with, and then you get an incoming email, so you see the pop-up, So you leave the one you're writing, 
to read what just came in. Say the incoming email is bad news. So when you read it, that's going to create some feelings. And again, if it's bad news, you might feel frustrated. But then you have to go back to write the email of appreciation. The energy that you intended for that first email is going to be ruined by that second. As soon as we hear that notification bell, it's like noticing the shiny new thing over there. But what happens if we leave it? Does FOMO kick in? Is that the first response? Notice. Do you feel worried that you'll miss something important? Just notice. What if you're missing more time by jumping to the next thing while doing the very thing that's in front of you? What if you just notice the pop-up to make sure that it's not life or death and then you leave it for the time you've allowed yourself to check? So this is why I love batch working so much. I will list out all of my tasks for the day or the week, depending when I'm doing this. I'll just brain hurricane it all out, fast and furious. Then I take the time to group like tasks together in batches. So checking emails, checking in on Facebook, replying to emails, replying to messages, like all of that would go in different batches. So I'll consider the time of day that things should get done by also matching the type of energy that I'll have during that time and then also the energy that I need to bring into that task. So if I'm if I know that by the end of the day I am usually kind of sleepy until after dinner, I'm not going to use the time right before dinner as my main check-in communication time because I know that I need to feed my body (laughs) so that I can feed my soul, you know? I am also one of those go-getters first thing in the morning. I want to get all of my major tasks, especially the ones that I dread. (laughs) I want those things to be what I check off first. That's part of the reason why I love a good morning workout. Because if I keep pushing the tasks I don't want to do, they'll just never get done. But by trusting myself and my plan, by planning on purpose, I know that I am making more time. So I think back to even my school days. I was always the keener that just wanted my school agenda so I could write out my class schedule. Who else? Who else? Show me your hands. I always wanted to decorate it and I carried it with me everywhere. To be honest, not much has been, not much has changed except for me just going everywhere. (laughs) But even if I go somewhere, I'm still bringing my agenda with me. But I took a page out of this book to think about batch working and how I plan my time. When we were in school, we were in one subject for a specific amount of time. And we were in a space usually that helped bring that subject to life. And I knew that once a day I would have English class and whenever I was in class, my focus would be on that subject for the next 90 minutes. And that was kind of it. As I would do my homework, I realized batch working could help me even here. So mental note, even for your kids or for yourself, if you're doing school stuff, just this is how batch working helped me. 
So when I had multiple papers or projects due, I would, again, brain hurricane. What would I have to do in order to get all of these things done? So after I would look at my brain hurricane, I would group like tasks together to create batches. So I would do all of my research for all of my subjects, for all of the papers and projects on one day. And another day would be putting it all together, doing rough drafts. Another day would be editing. And then another day just to finally put it all together and whatever. And this helped me not stress about everything I had to do, but I saw it as tasks and things I was able to do. And that's when my relationship with time changed. If I knew that I was going to be doing research one day, I would get stoked, look for my playlist, grab my highlighters, <laughs> like get stoked for research. And then my next day getting it all together. Oh, friends, putting it together means post-it notes. <laughs> so just getting excited by setting my scene. And this is how, again, I was able to create more time was by batch working. So share this with your kiddos even. So what if for the next day or two, you try this out? Just choose one task, set a realistic timer for yourself, and then just do that task for that time and nothing else. And I want you to compare how that same task was tackled before and notice which feels better. Where do you feel like you have momentum? What feels manageable? What feels realistic? What feels kind? And notice your kiddos. Do they have a hard time switching between tasks? It may be because they're overloaded in their senses. They might have too many distractions that are keeping their brain from multitasking. So just check in with their space, check in with them. By teaching our brain to focus on many things at once, we are stuffing it full instead of being mindful with our time and our thoughts that can cost us a lot of time. For our kids and our teens, their brains are still developing and growing, so we need to show them how to be mindful with their time. Model these behaviors so that they can practice themselves and then build connections, stronger brain connections. So this week, notice how you're spending your time. Notice which tasks you're excited to get to and those you leave to the very last minute. Download Mindful Time and in the show notes and remember that the activities are also great for your kids and teens. So do it alongside them. Ask them these questions. Let me know in the comments how you deal with this week's mission and which notifications you turn off one extra points, set a timer for yourself and do one task and nothing but. Talk to you soon. Well, Ace, we've reached the end of today's case file. Go grab your field notes by heading to kdccoaching.com slash eipod. When you click on the player, it brings you over to Anchor where you can leave me a voice message with your own clues and questions. 
please do this girl a solid and make sure you subscribe to the pod so that you're notified of new episodes released weekly. And by leaving a rating and review, it helps others find the fam. Head on over to Instagram and follow for more at Emotional Investigation and at KDC Coaching. As you travel through the world this week, remember, kindness drives change. It may feel like we're on this journey alone, but you're not. Thanks for joining me. Talk to you next time.